verse 19, one of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? Or who is able to resist his will? The question is, what concern does Paul address in this verse? How does he address it? Who's got that? Who knows that? Brother Bob, you got that? So is God fair? Yes, he is. Yes, he's fair. <laughs> Anybody have anything else on this one? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, brother. we do. Amen, brother. Okay, number two. Do you think this is still a concern for people today? That same concern we just read about. Why or why not? Is it still a concern for folks? When we think about, well, God made us. He ought to know what we can do, what we can't do. Is that still a concern for folks today? Okay. Why? People still question why God would find fault when they don't follow his will, don't they? Oh, I'm not God. I can't do that. He's expecting me to live like this, right? So it's still a concern. Uh, number three, for further thought, do you think Paul meant that believers should never question God? Oh. Oh, it's one of those kind of questions. 
Do you? Yeah. That's, that's why Paul stated the clay should never question the potter. If you've ever watched a potter, he takes that big lump of clay and throws it on his wheel, and he starts to shape it and mold it into the vessel that he wants to create. And Jesus does that with us, doesn't he? Say, yes, Jesus, I accept you, and he throws us on the potter's wheel and starts to mold and shape our life and Amen. shape what he has for us. Hey, yes, Sure. Because it's not okay to question his authority and to, uh, you know, uh, question his judgment. Right. You know, God is God. But it's, uh, James says, you know, if any man like wisdom, let him ask. Right. That's right. times in a family when you have a loved one that's sick or passes away you question God you say why did this happen Lord what are you doing why did this happen and he knows we're going to do that he knows our heart and he'll find a he'll find a way to explain to us through his word another brother your pastor why that happened amen, amen. Romans uh, 9 22 through 24. We'll put that up there. We'll read it. Okay. Oh, that's 24. Yeah, 22, please. <laughs> Thank you. What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore the great patience, the objects of his wrath, Prepared for destruction. Wow. Well, huh? he did make this, and this is to make riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory. Even us, Gentiles, not only from the Jews, also from the Gentiles. Thank God he did, huh? He said, What is revealed? Number four. What is revealed about God 
through vessels of wrath. Ooh. Vessels of wrath. What, what is revealed about God? You know, you got a temper, you get mad at God, you kick the dog or shut the door, you know, one of those kind of things. Uh, no, 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 the, the justice of God is revealed. Yeah. God is a just God. He is. He, he is. When Abraham questioned God about destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, will the, the judge of all the earth do a nothing? Right, no. I think another thing that's revealed about vessels of wrath, God has much patience. He has a whole lot of patience. Yeah. Amen. Good pastor. Thank you. Everybody hear that? Could you hear that okay? Next question. Number six. How does God show patience with people today? That's a good one. (laughs) What's that, brother? (laughs) Oh, who said that? Pastor? What did you say? Exactly. I mean, you just look at the six o'clock, six o'clock news and look at everything going on in the world. Oh, man. And God still hasn't, uh, you know, dropped the hammer. You know, it's a good thing because probably God, we would have. <laughs> His grace and mercy, even when we don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> Amen. Okay, number seven. What do you learn about God's desires from the following passages? First of all, and then how do these affect your understanding of God's wrath again? Ezekiel thirty-three eleven. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. There we go. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his evil way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Talk about mercy. (laughs) Huh? Listen to that. God takes no pleasure then in the death of the wicked, does he? 
He doesn't want to see people die and go to hell. Romans 2, verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not, not God's, God's kindness, kindness is meant to be, lead you to repentance? That's kind of the answer to that one, isn't it? What what do you have, brother? For, uh, for the day? Yeah. I don't, I don't have, my book is different. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Praise God. Isn't that the truth? It, God, the kindness of God, think of that a minute. The kindness of God leads you to repentance. Who's ever had that happen? You're in a mess and you're goofing up and all of a sudden you realize how loving and kind God is and you repent. Been there, done that. Yes. Yep, <laughs> that's a good one. Yep. His kindness doesn't mean it's okay to do that. Because God's a loving God, he's kind, he's forgiven my sins, so I'll do some more. No, that's a bad highway to go down there. <laughs> okay, First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Praise God. God's mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Who's ever needed God's mercy? <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is the statement of the sight of God our Savior, mm -hmm. who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise you, Jesus. There's a good answer right there. Does God care? What do you think? says he desires that all would come to repentance. That's his desire. That's the love he has for us. Second Peter 3 verse 9. It's kind of repeats of the one before it. Second Peter 3 9. Talking about. Praise God. There it is again. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Right? He doesn't want any of us to miss heaven and end up in hell. Who are considered to be vessels? of mercy, according to 9.24. Who are the vessels of mercy? Or who could he have mercy to, towards? Ma'am? 
Yeah, pretty much all of us, right? Vessels of mercy. Believers. Hmm? Yeah, believers. Believers, yeah. Christians, brothers and sisters, God's people. Now we're going to go to Romans 9, verse 25 through 29. And look at the extent of God's love. Romans 9, 25 through 29. Yes. Yeah. That's a good question. I believe we should be. I believe that God's calling that again, calling us to be more evangelistic. Sometimes people look, let's go to, oh, the world's bad. Jesus is coming soon. Let's just pray about it. And he's calling us to warfare. He's calling us to go out there and win souls. And we can't do that sitting home with a remote in our hand. Huh? He's calling us like he did the evangelists of old to go out there and tell about Jesus. Yes. You know, when you think about it, well, if they're lost and they don't find Jesus, they're lost for all eternity. That's a long time. So I believe he wants to raise up an army of people who are going to go out and win some souls before he does return. We've got to pray for those people. Pray for our church that God will send us evangelists and teachers and people who have a heart to win souls. And we can work on discipleship. God really wants his people to start learning about discipleship. Not just hi brother, hi sister, come sit in the pew for Sunday. He wants us to start working with people, disciple them, help them to see what God's saying, right? That's right. Some people in Paul's audience believe that God belonged to them exclusively. <laughs> what do the passages that Paul quotes from Hosea tell you about the expense, uh, the extent of God's love? Hosea, what? I don't see any Hosea here. Okay. God. What does that mean, folks? What does that mean? What does that tell you about the extent of God's love? And why did you make that statement? I will people who are not God's people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Praise God. That's good, sis. Of the world. <laughs> a lot of us weren't God's people either for a while. Yeah. So I make a habit of finding a person that looks like they would least likely a lot of times ever come to church. <laughs> Sometimes I meet meet good people. I've met evangelists in the parking lot of church. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and you meet good people, but and but there are some people who are not like her that, that aren't Christian and aren't saved. And they if we don't reach out to them, they'll never know the love of Christ. Right. Uh, and so it's important for us to reach those people. I ask you mentioned those nose rings. I asked a biker, one of the bikers had a nose ring, earrings, you name it. It was and tattoos all over. And I just opened the conversation. I said, does it hurt when you sneeze? <laughs> <laughs> it worked. I did wonder about that, though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Boy, and not the truth. Yeah, and a lot of times God will change them. He'll take them and change that thing that needs to be changed in them. And. Mm hmm. Have you ever wondered what those folks are doing when they get close to a magnet? <laughs> oh, well. Number 10. What does the passage from <clears throat> Isaiah indicate about Israel's response to God? Isaiah. They should tell us where Isaiah Thank you. <laughs> Isaiah one, four, four through nine. Ah, sinful nation. There he is talking about America again. A, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Wow. What does estranged mean? 
alienated, separated from God. Huh? That was some wow. That's some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. And the Bible says, uh, the Word of God says that who, to whomever much is given, much is required. And so when God, uh, you know, came to Moses and said, you know, let, just let me be so that I can destroy them and raise a nation uh, out of you. Yeah. And so, uh, once again, to whom much is given, much is required. We have been given the gospel of Christ. Right. To share Christ with the world. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, praise God by the, by the help and, uh, of the Holy Spirit, this, this will be, uh, this day, uh, a day, this will be realized one day. Right. And you know, some people have such short memories. If you talk about the children of Israel, Moses led them up to the Red Sea, and then God parted the sea. They walked across as on dry land, and here comes Pharaoh and his army. God closed the sea on them. Then on down the road, Moses goes up in the mountain to talk to, to the Lord, and they couldn't wait for him to come down. So what did they do? They made another God. Short memories. And God wasn't pleased with that, if you know the story. So... Yeah, we, yeah, he wants us to listen to him and do what he says. And then, oh, yeah, that's God, all right. I'm going to live my life different, better. Okay, uh, here's another Isaiah. How would you say people respond to God today? compared to how Israel responded in their day. Right. Think that we are as high as him, 
Sure. Amen, sister. That, that's good. Yep. Isaiah 1, 4 through 9. What attitude in Israel brought about the purging that left only a remnant of Israel? That's a sad one there. Yes, sir. Isaiah 1, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wash yourselves clean. Move the evil of your deeds from before. Cease to do evil. Do good. Seek justice. Correction. Bring justice to the fatherless. Let us reason together. Amen. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Praise God. Now the onus of that, you read that those scriptures, that's on us, right? God says, I want you to stop sinning. I want you not to do this. I don't want you... And because of that, because he listened to me, he says he's going to reward us. But he's given a warning there too, you know. We can choose to sin or not sin. He can help us with that, but we we can make a choice. Uh, Jesus, what do you want me to get rid of that I've got that's hard to get rid of? We all have things that we struggle with, sometimes addictions and things like that. And God's willing to help with that. Does it happen overnight? Not always. But God will work with us. Remember, said about putting the blood for the doorposts of our heart. Jesus, we need for you to put the blood over the doorposts of our heart. We're not perfect. We have struggles. But when we seek him with all our heart, and he knows that we're wanting to get rid of these problems we're having, he'll help with that. Amen? How did number B there on 12, how did God respond? What does this tell you about God? The one we just read that Pastor put up there? How did God respond? What did he say to do? He didn't say, I'm going to zap that out of here right now, send a lightning bolt. What did he say? He said, wash yourself. Wow. Wash yourself. Praise God. That's cease to do evil. He's put it on us. Cease to do evil. Stop doing it. And uh, God, what is he showing there? I believe he's showing his grace and his mercy. Uh, He's given a chance. He said, listen, wash yourself. 
Come on, you can do it. Wash yourself. Cleanse yourself from unrighteousness. Cease to do evil. Yeah. Exactly. God doesn't fix us. Yep. You know, so that we're like a, like a robot. Right. That does everything God wants. God wants us to use our free will to align with his will. Yeah. It's not easy. No, <laughs> it is work. It's, you know, it's, it's something that uh, it takes the grace of God to, to do that. Yes, it does. Sure. We still won't live it perfectly, amen, but we can do a lot better than, than, than before. Sure can. You know, some people think that you don't need to read your Bible. Show up on Sunday, pastor will give the word, and it's a good word when we get here, but he wants us to read this Bible. It's his GPS system for us. The Bible gets us where we need to go, and we want to know what God wants for our life, what his will is. It's right in here in the Bible. And then we have questions and we go to pastor. <laughs> He's laughing, but that's true. <laughs> yeah, Bob? Sure. That's what it boils down to. Yep. I think that's kind of what, what Sunday was about. Is that you know, this is when you get saved and you're sanctified, it's a time mm -hmm. to stop and salvation. Right. But they, they don't go to a point of consecration and sanctification yep. to, to to go to that next next level. Right. And that's where here in our church here, what discipleship mm -hmm. can be such a blessing and help. You've got Pastor, you've got Dave, you've got Brother Bob. They could be, they can disciple folks, and they're willing to do that. And we need some more of that. You know, we get these pews full of people. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Not on 
Yeah. According to Paul, why hadn't Israel succeeded in pursuing a law that would lead to righteousness? Well, that's a tough one. <laughs> why is that? Amen. Didn't pursue it by faith, did they? Amen. Thank you, sister. That's good. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 23, it's asking us, who's the stumbling stone when you read that verse? Corinthians 1, verse 23. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and folly to the Gentiles. Oh, ouch. <laughs> so who is a stumbling block? Who does it say right there? Stumbling block to the Jews. The Jews, yeah. Yes, sir. They can't wrap that up. Well, I got to do something for salvation. I got to give more to this person. I got to do yeah. more to this person. Stop being super Christian. And, 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 but, and stumbling blocks with people, they just don't get it. Yeah. You can't work your way into heaven. You have to believe and receive by grace through faith. Yeah. That's what Ephesians says. That's what all the right. word of God says. And when you're following close after the Lord, you feel energized to, to do the kind of things Pastor just said. You're not doing them to try to get something or somewhere. You're doing them because you feel what God has done for you. You feel his presence, his anointing. That's so important. Look at the devil's out there putting his anointing all over everything. And we have his anointing available to us. Amen. Based on your knowledge of God's character... What do you think his purpose was in laying a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense? That's 1 Peter 2, 4 through 9. It says he laid a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Why did he do that? What was his purpose? 1 Peter 2, 4 through 9. Yeah, first Peter. And we come to him, a living stone, rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. For it stands as 
those who are disobedient to his word actually that's that's why he laid the stumbling block okay Romans 10 1 through 4 hallelujah, hallelujah. yeah Luke good God's righteousness not man's okay okay Romans 10 there we go heart's desire to God may be saved. Paul's heart's desire challenge you in your relationship with people who don't know Jesus. How does that challenge you? Yeah. And how do we get that? How do we get that anointing? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, you got derailed. Okay. No, go ahead. You tell me. To lead them to accept Jesus and give them a plan of salvation, we have to know how to do that. We have to study God's word. Let him lead and guide and direct us and how to lead someone to Jesus and then beyond that to disciple that person. You know, a person comes to the altar, they say the sinner's prayer, they hit the door and we don't see them for six months. <clears throat> but it's important they get into a program of learning God's word and his purposes and his will for their life. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. His answer was, well, you came pretty close, but 
I'm not, you don't get the prize. And they need to see the Lord Jesus Christ in us. If you go sharing with somebody and your chin's dragging the ground, they're not going to want what you've got. We have to show them Jesus. Oh, I want what you've got. You're happy most of the time. And you're not angry all the time. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we'll look right past somebody that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and because we're so caught up in, my grocery list says this, I got to get this, I got to get this. If I go down that aisle, I'm going to get this, and I ain't going to really get to that. Uh, but this, somebody said this to me. How, what are we really looking at? And how are we really viewing the world? What's our worldview when we go outside? Exactly, we see yeah. People? Do we see them as lost souls? Or would you just see them as people in the traffic that's blocking up 696? How do you really see them? How do you really see them? Yeah, that's true. Praise the Lord. Okay, in verse 2, let me see what chapter. Romans 10, verse 2. What did Paul give the Jews credit for what? For what did he find fault with them? They found credit for one thing, fault with another. Well, yep, credit for the zeal. What was that? Not according to knowledge. And uh, the zeal that they had, like you said, was not in accordance with knowledge. Amen. Who likes having a zeal for God? Isn't that more fun and interesting than having a zeal for 
football, or, and I like football, I watch it. But having a zeal for the things that God wants us to be looking for. And from verse 3, what prevented the Israelites from submitting to God's righteousness? There's something there that prevented them. What was it? Pardon? Balance together, uh, I would say that their pride and arrogance. That's part of it. They sought what? To establish their own righteousness. righteousness. Yep. Yep, self righteous. Praise God. Okay, last question. <laughs> Look up Matthew five seventeen <clears throat> and Romans. Eight, three, and four, and when we we'll get those up there, and uh, how do these verses help you understand what Paul meant when he said Christ is the end of the law? What did he mean by that? It's yeah. Do not think that I have come to law. Come to abolish to fulfill them. Praise God. So that one answer is Christ came to what? Fulfill the law. law. God also sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So we could identify with Jesus and who he was. He didn't come down here all the glow with the glory of God and zap people here and there. He came down as one of us so he could understand what we go through. Thank God he did that. Pastor Ernie, he was, he was the first and the only human being to ever keep the law. Isn't that something? Yes, he was. And doing so, he fulfilled the whole law. That's right. Not only in behavior, but in the types and shadows, uh, in, in the prophetic, uh, uh, messianic prophecies. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Praise God. Okay. right. Praise God. Yes, Bob. And so, do what the pastor said, and going on, going along with Romans 10, 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Anybody have any comments, questions?
the next few days especially, let's remember, like I said earlier, to pray for uh, Sister Mabel Evans' family. God will give them peace. And we know where she is, where she went. And pray, pray for them. Pray for Pastor, because he's going to be running around like a chicken with his head chopped off. Not too late. <laughs> and uh, si- sister, I didn't get right back there. What's your name, hon? What's your name? I couldn't hear what she said. Oh, praise God. Well, welcome. We love you. We'll keep you in prayer, too. <laughs> okay, Pastor. <laughs> I went over a little bit. <clears throat>
uh, into that area of ministry. Um, and so it's a great time. So be in prayer for us uh, as, as we go. And uh, I'm going to pray for you guys. And I'll say goodbye to the people on the live stream. But hope you have a wonderful and great night. Um, God bless you. God bless you. Stop soon. Um, so I just love you guys. So sorry we got a little bit of